This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Browns fans, now, Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Now, hi, I'm George Thomas with the Akron Beacon Journal. I'm joined by Nate Ulrich to the upper right, Steve Dorschek to the lower right, and Marlon Reidenauer to the lower left. And um, we have another Browns victory to talk about. Again, it wasn't pretty. Actually, it was kind of ugly. And starting off, I mean, was there any way to expect anything other than an ugly game, given the obstacles this team went through this week or or no? Uh, You know, here's the thing. I think it's fair to expect that because, you know, this is the first time the Browns have been without their, their two best defensive players, their best overall player, Miles Garrett, and then the best, uh, cornerback, best secondary player, Denzel Ward. So, you know, I thought that it could be a weird game. Mike Glennon playing for the first time since, you know, as a starter since 2017. You just kind of never know when there's a little bit of a quarterback change. You got a, a team that's only won one game, obviously hungry for a little bit more than that. And I don't know. I just thought it could be a weird game. I thought Joe Schobert could make a play against the Browns because that would just be fitting for Joe Schobert and the Browns, and it happened. But what I did expect was a better showing from the offense. You know, they kind of got out of that bad weather trilogy in Cleveland and had a shot in, in, in warm Jacksonville to kind of get that passing game going again. And we saw – the number one thing that we've seen from Baker Mayfield this season, and that's inconsistency. To me, the most troubling part of that inconsistency is missing guys in the end zone. I mean, it happened twice in the first quarter last week against the Eagles. He does it again with, I mean, Richard Higgins, his guy, I can't, I mean, it was like he had time to wave his arms and say, I mean, it was just mind boggling how he threw that one over his head. Um, and the one to hunt there, you know, in the, at the end was also huge. So, um, I mean, I just, you know, I wondered in my column and I still wonder, like, how, can you give a guy like this $25 million, you know, into his fifth year option? So, you know, I still think he's got to clean it up. He really does. I feel like the pressure is on Baker and maybe it is anyway, considering the, you know, they're in the playoff hunt. Well, uh, Nate, you're making your points, and Marla, you're making yours, and we talked a little bit uh, before we went on here. But it occurred to me while you two were talking that um, uh, I'm, I'm coming down to this kind of uh, coagulating into this point of view, and that is um, the Browns aren't far away. Today's offense, I think, was uh, somewhere between uh, disappointing. I don't want to say terrible because they won the game. You're never terrible when you win. But they're not that far off, and here's what I'm talking about. In some of the recent losses, I've thought Mayfield has played fairly well to actually well. 
but he has gotten no help from uh, from uh, certain receivers who've uh, who've dropped balls, uh, and and albeit he's uh, he's uh, misfired a couple of times in bad weather today in a good weather game. Uh, I, he missed fired a few times, as you mentioned, and uh, and uh, needed to uh, to clean that up, especially late in the game. But once again, the whole flow of the game changed on one. It wasn't a drop pass today; it was a fumble. The fumble by Harrison Bryant on the first play of the second half, right when they're coming off a second quarter in which the offense is starting to flow, you can see it. The Jaguars are a bad enough team where they're not going to be able to stop this. And then for Harrison Bryant to come wide open to get a nice uh, nice ball from uh, from the field and then to fumble it away, you could see it. This was eating at Bryant the whole game, and it, and it did. It ate at the whole game. Bryant – Later in the game, you could see him in the huddle when a, when a play didn't get made. He was going like this, and you could tell he was having flashbacks to his phone. And I definitely think that's what was going on. But once that happened, that kind of skewed the rest of the game. And uh, albeit uh, Mayfield's uh, the most important man on the team, and he's got to be the leader, and part of the leader is uh, overcoming these glitches. Uh, but uh, after that, that flow stopped, and, uh, and uh, it kind of uh, uh, ruined uh, the flow aspect of the game. Steve, you paid attention to you. You were talking about the defense before we went live, and 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 what I want to know is: it fair to, given who was out, to expect them to do anything but what they did today? But I have another question: in that, why doesn't Joe Woods blitz at all or sparingly? I mean, Glennon hadn't pay, played in how many seasons? Four. I mean. You would think that's ripe for trying to rattle him in any possible way. And and yet it didn't come. And the one time they were able to get in on him, uh, Olivier Verdon was called for roughing the passer. George, I, I, I think that's a good question by you. Why doesn't Woods uh, blitz, blitz more, especially in a game like this? This wasn't the day I, I don't think you needed to be conservative because – if uh, if you uh, play a little bit of devil may care and uh, get after it and, and be aggressive, this is one of those uh, those uh, games where aggressive mistakes can be made up for because you're playing such a bad team. Uh, on the other hand, aggression can maybe make it an early blowout and avoid the kind of uh, product you got today. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, uh, George. As, as a question, uh, maybe a rhetorical question. Hey, Joe Woods, what's more? But in terms of uh, whether the Browns defense with the material it had available to it today played a decent game. Uh, I, I thought it played about the kind of game I expected. You just don't have enough out there in terms of personnel. And 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 one one really important thing that you circle back to, uh, they've played the whole season without uh, Grant Delpit and without uh, Greedy Williams, and that's uh, real money, not having those two guys. In addition to the, the two best players, Nate, as you mentioned, uh, not being in there today, and Taki Taki coming off his uh, best game, and, and this, that, and the other. I thought the defense did plenty enough. And Mayfield, I agree 100% with Mayfield. I'll close with this. Mayfield blamed himself for not uh, doing a better job on, on offense, and and I think that's uh, that's why the game uh, ended the way it did. Mayfield uh, didn't do what he needed to do on offense for the game to come out uh, as a resounding victory. Yeah, George, you, and you just said it right there. Um, 
make sure everybody heard, but they lost Ronnie Harrison on the first play. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow on the shoulder injury. So, you know, I'd argue he's the third or fourth best player on that defense. So, yeah, there wasn't much. Um, but, you know, like this is the thing. Like the Browns obviously are in the spot where they have a, a, a coach who can, uh, you know, get this team, uh, you know, performing uh, – up to its potential to, to a large extent and, and they're not wasting their talent they're winning games. But I think the point is when you, when you look at a game like this, we're looking at them being eight and three, we're looking at them making the, making a push here, to make the playoffs for the first time since 2002 and wondering if they can do anything with it. And I think the bottom line and I, Steve, we were kind of spitballing earlier before we George hit record. The, the feeling is uh, that at least that I have, and I think you're, you're kind of with me on this, but to really capitalize on, on an opportunity here and, and to definitely make the playoffs and then do something, Baker just has to be better. I mean, it's just, you know, they have Nick Chubb, who again really saved the day in many respects today. I mean, even at the end when they needed to chew up the clock to ice the game, third and 12, screen Chubb began 13 yards. Uh, <laughs> he's an unbelievable player. Obviously, Jarvis Landry stepped up today. These guys helped compensate for for some of those um, misses by Baker. But you got to, I think, get more out of your quarterback. And he joked about it after the game, you know, uh, uh, about the misses. And it's great that he's able to joke because that means they're finding a way to win despite it. But he also tweeted after the game. He just knows he needs to be better, and and I definitely think he does for them to to win, uh, you know, enough to make it in the playoffs in this tight race. They're going to be facing Tennessee, Baltimore, um, Pittsburgh, of course, the two teams in East Rutherford, East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, who aren't what the other three are. But, you know, and, and as far as his fifth-year option and all that, you know, I'm at the point where if, he, if, he's, if he's no good, you don't, you don't extend him. If he's really good, you extend him he's eligible for extension after this season. And if he's somewhere in between, you go with the fifth-year option and you see, um, you know, if he can become better under Stefanski because we know he's been in all these systems with all these coaches. So I'm kind of right there in the middle right now with him, and I would do the fifth-year option. Well, I probably would too. But I will say this, you know, Jarvis said repeatedly today that he thinks their best football is still ahead of them. And – I don't think he would say that a multiple make multiple references to that phrase if he didn't believe that they could that this, they were going to be better that they could clean some of this up, um, you know. So I really do feel like if one of your leaders on offense thinks that your best football is still ahead, that gives you hope that he's on to something. Marla, one of the points I was uh, uh, trying to finish earlier, I don't know if I did, but it was that. Uh, Mayfield can clean up these uh, these errant throws theoretically, or he would never have been the number one overall pick. The guys who have been dropping balls uh, can uh, can catch those balls, and that's how they have a chance to not just be better, but maybe even way better than they are uh, right now in offense, which they're going to have to be, I think, because I don't think their defense is uh, is uh, more than an average defense if they get everything together. But Marla, uh, uh, as as we're talking about um, Mayfield and, and, and uh, Nate and George. But, uh, Marla, I know that uh, you are going to um, relate to this because you covered uh, 
Vinnie Testaverde in uh, 1994, 95. And, and I know that I wasn't uh, covering the Browns on a beat basis then, but I remember Mark Craig, who was for the repository, would always say what a stand-up guy Testaverde was. And I said, Mark, you say that every week. I'm waiting for you know uh, the stand-up guy to also be the consistent guy, and and he never was, and and Vinny was a number one overall pick, and uh, and my point uh, relative uh, to Mayfield off of that is that Baker, the number one overall pick, at some point isn't going to be able to make make light uh, of and uh, make jokes about uh, miss, missing a few. He's going to have to hit all, all of those in uh, some of the important games, all of the hittable ones. He's just uh, just last season and this season, he's missed too many. I still suspect he can find it within himself and get coached into making those throws. But uh, right now, we haven't seen it. And, and see, he doesn't, from everything I gather from just social media, as much as I hate it, he doesn't even have uni, unilateral support of the fan base. The Browns fan base is 50-50 on this guy right now as far as what he brings to the team. So. Mm. You think 50-50, George? I, I would uh, disagree with you. My polling data says that it's more like 63 to 37. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay, fine. Fair enough. Hey, we got comments. Where you, what do you know? Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know what to say about – there's – there, especially in this year, there's no way – is there an accurate way to judge any of this at all? Is there a fair way to judge it? I'm having that problem with, with another team I cover right now because things have been so – out of kilter you know what i mean yeah i mean right there was no off season in person i i understand the question because it is an unprecedented year but the bottom line is contract decisions loom and baker mayfield's is, is the biggest uh for this team and kevin stefanski and andrew barry and Lee Podesta and other key members of the organization are going to have to judge it so they get paid a lot to do that you know, I, I just think there's there's going to be an interesting decision about him, and we'll see how he plays against some of the better teams here down the stretch. We obviously know that didn't go well early in the season, but yeah, there's there's a lot to be left to be desired, especially him being a number one pick. There's that expectation tied to him, and it's just been a mixed bag. That's all it's been, and now we can say that rain or shine, it's been a mixed bag. A mixed bag because right, I think that the, the the bad weather trilogy has been something that we've all had to kind of hit pause on the the Baker Mayfield discussion. So, you know, as Kevin Spancy said, he's making making good plays, uh, and we're winning. And so I'm not I'm not discounting some of the great passes he did make, but you want more. Question, and I don't have the schedule in front of me. Is it home or away next week against Tennessee, correct? Yeah, it's a national. So they they have a shot at, at, at another decent weather game in that respect. 
Yes, but not against um, a, a mediocre team. team. Yeah. <laughs> not against the fighting Brables, you know. <laughs> we should have one and a half seconds to say that I think that, you know, uh, eight and three is uh, a, a bottom line. But within that bottom line, of course, the anecdotal uh, you know thought is that uh, it's against a weak schedule. But I, I give the Browns a ton of credit for winning all those games against the, the losing teams that they have. And I also give them credit for beating Indianapolis, uh, which uh, which uh, had, has a real good record coming in. Romeo Cornell's Houston Texans, uh, aside from uh, from the Browns game, four and three with a win over New England. So that's not a terrible win, is it? And I, I really have a lot of respect for Philadelphia and the the program that uh, Peterson runs over there. And then the, to me, the uh, the win over uh, Philadelphia, which uh, left Cleveland, I think, in the, in first place in his division, is, is a real win. And uh, today is your only garbage win, I think. Mm. Fair enough. All right, guys. This has turned into the Baker Mayfield show. On that note, we're going to check out. Next week, it's on to Nashville. Well, not, not literally, just figuratively. We'll see you then. Until then, I'm George Thomas with Nate Ulrich, Steve Dorsha, Marla Reitenauer. We're out, folks. You have a good night.